Welcome to another episode of the Renegade Detroit Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Burgess, professional real estate investor, permaculture and urban farmer, curmudgeon, skeptic, and Keller Williams agent. What is Renegade Detroit Investors? RDI is a local real estate investment and business group that meets monthly at various locations throughout Metro Detroit. This group is about networking and doing deals. This ain't your grandma's Rhea, folks. No sales from the front ever. And when I say that, I mean like guru shit, right? I should change that. No guru shit from the front ever. And no smell of stale coffee, been gay, and or disappointment. You know what I'm talking about. RDI is also this podcast where once a week I sit down with interesting and successful business people getting shit done. And I pick their brain for your entertainment and hopefully education. And if you haven't already, you like the podcast, you enjoy it. It's a free podcast. Give it a like. Share it if you haven't already, and please, I really appreciate this. If you would rate it on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podcaster, whatever app you are using, rating it really does help, especially in iTunes. The iTunes environment, I just get hardly any feedback from, and the only way to really move up is with rating. So I'd really appreciate if you do that. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please leave me a message. Go to renegadedetroit.com. If you're interested in attending the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash Renegade Detroit Investors or go to facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. You can also hit me up on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Snapchat at Jeremy Burgess. And you can watch these too. Maybe you'd prefer to watch this on YouTube instead of listening to it. Go to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit Wholesalers. Disclaimer, I'm like six months behind on getting videos up. They will get up. They are starting to get up, uh, but it's still going to take a minute. So, all right. Legal disclaimer. It's the way of the world, folks. Don't blame me. In no way, shape, or form should anything that I and or my guests say be taken as legal and or investment advice. We highly recommend that before you make any investment decision or decisions, that you contact a lawyer, attorney, other licensed professionals. Be a fucking adult. Don't sue me. All right. Now for the fun shit. Time for the Renegade Detroit Investors Show Quote of the Week. I try and pick a quote. That sets the tone for the podcast and hopefully your week. This week's quote, I took right off Rena's page. Art is a primordial concept, exalted as the Godhead, inexplicable as life, indefinable and without purpose. Kurt Schwitters. And I love quotes about art not having a purpose because then anybody can do it. And let me introduce you to my guest, Rena Hopkins. Rena is an artist and designer. She has a creative business called Divine Iguana. And it encompasses her work in fine art, theatrical design, illustration, and jewelry design. She does contract work, sells one-of-a-kind pieces on consignment, and recently launched a wholesale jewelry line. She wouldn't describe it as such, but I would call this a lifestyle business, kind of like the four-hour work week. And we'll talk more about that. Definitely go check her out. Rena Hopkins. Go to Divine Iguana dot com that's d-i-v-i-n-e-i-g-u-a-n-a.com this will be in the show notes um she has two instagram accounts too so check her out you can check out her artwork at divine iguana or divine l is that i it's, a, it's an i doesn't i mean. divine i iguana sorry are, are folks it's in the show notes handwriting? <laughs> it's a, well i typed it out it's my fault <laughs> okay you can also check it out on facebook go at uh, facebook.com forward slash the divine i iguana and if you're interested in uh, her wholesale line, her new wholesale line, it's on Which Instagram. You should be. You should be. You better bust <laughs> out your credit card, folks. At Bits and Oddments. Oddments? Oddments. Oddments. It's like it's a British Instagram. word for remnants or bits of pieces. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. 
So I'm pretty excited about this. Um, so what I was talking about as a lifestyle business, it's kind of like you, you worked this thing in backwards, right? Oh yeah, totally. All right. Yeah. You, would you mind extrapolating on that or? So my, my dream has always been to, to work full time as an artist. Um, and I guess what I have, and it's, it's evolves, it evolves as I go, but I would like to spend as little time as possible doing the work part of things and as much time as possible doing the fun play part of things and making things and exploring my creativity. And in order to do that, I have to find a way to monetize my creativity without losing it. That is that is great. Monetize your creativity without losing it. Right. I, I think a lot of artists... Um, a lot of artists get off on the wrong foot. They they think I'm going to make all this stuff and then people are going to buy it and it's going to be fantastic and uh, that would be wonderful if it really worked that way. And I you know I started that way too. I'm just going to make all this fantastic crap and then people are going to want to buy it because I think it's fantastic. And and what I ended up with was a, a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> that was a room full of stuff. A room full of stuff that was yeah. wonderful. And then people would come through and every once in a while they'd find the thing that they wanted to buy. And I and I started watering down my products and making them try and make them faster and make them more accessible and i stopped making art and started making just stuff that i thought would sell which is depressing because you still don't sell it as often as you want and now it's not your best stuff and your heart's not in anymore you're just cranking out things hoping someone will buy it and then it occurred to me hey wait a minute why am I making stuff that I'm hoping someone will buy when I could just ask them what they want to buy and then make that and then spend all the rest of the time when I was making things that I thought somebody might want to buy to make the stuff that I want. And then if someone decides they want to buy it, great. And if they don't, I don't care because I already have that income stream that's supporting my crazy art habit. That is an excellent point. Just go right to the market. Ask. Right. And it doesn't mean that you're selling out. It doesn't mean that I, you know, I don't have anything with a Detroit D on it. You know, I don't, I don't have any licensing with sports teams. I don't have anything that's like trendy towards geek or nerd culture specifically, but I do sell things that people have asked and want to buy. I have a line of, of botanicals and butterfly things that I sell to gift shops at, at botanical gardens and places like that. I have um, medical illustration things that I do um, that are specifically geared towards people in the medical fields. I sell a lot of tooth necklaces to upcoming dental hygienists. I'm telling you, <laughs> you're like you're like cornering little niche markets hey. and the jewelry and art market. Yeah, right? yeah, just like just like you know the the long tail in. Uh, in a uh, you know analytics online, yeah, yeah, you know, finding the the people that are underserved and making the things that they want is not a bad idea. And those people are usually really enthusiastic and excited, and they tell other people because no one could find a tooth necklace. I don't know why. Yes, yeah, don't go making tooth necklaces. That's me. That's yes, my thing. You're gonna create all the tooth necklace competition, bastards. <laughs> You go find your own small market niche. Well, yeah, it's like uh, marketing to the 6,000 people who typed in, 
I really want a funny looking heart card or something like that. And then yeah. boom, Rena pops up because you gave Gina like the, was it like a, a, uh, a card with a drawing of like a, it's like a real it's heart. An, or yeah, something. it's an anatomical heart drawing um, from a, a vintage textbook that was published in 1926. It's not my original artwork. It is, but it is in the public domain, I swear. Yeah. Um, but it, they're, uh, I print them at home and I emboss them and they are all hand cut and die cut and they're super, super cute. Yeah, well, let's, let's my note card line that I am. What are some of the art things you're selling? Because you, because I like your. What I liked about <laughs> it was the creativity. Like you know what, what's selling, what's not, and if it's not selling, it's gone. If it's selling, it's there, and you're like expanding a line. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, you're that like fantastic a, art card is actually discontinued. Oh, say. you did. Yeah. Sorry, folks, it's gone. You missed it. You got to get next season's card. So, <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, but what what are some of the art things that you are and that because you, you do more than jewelry? It's, I do it's, way You more encompass than so many things. Yeah, um, I do costume design. I do illustration work. Um, I'm in the process of illustrating a full deck of tarot cards for a private client. Oh, that's um, cool. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> it's it's an ongoing project. It's been like four years in the making and we're still, uh, he's been very, very patient because my style is evolving as I'm working. You know, you, you spend enough time practicing in a medium and then you go back to the card you did two years ago and it's it's not it's not good anymore like it was good two years ago and now it sucks and you have to redo it he's been very patient with this process but um i do a lot of theatrical design so uh right now i work with nerve kathy koja and nerve um our summer consignment is uh transforming it's a private consignment or commission rather and we're transforming a garden, like a person's garden, into Bosch's garden of earthly delights. So I am making giant ears with knives and goats and a <laughs> five foot tall egg that dancers can emerge from. And <laughs> five foot tall egg. A five foot tall egg. Yeah, that one's going to be fun. I haven't started that one, but it's going to happen. I just, I just know it. That well, where, happen. where is this a local? It's shot in Ann Arbor. Okay, yeah. so all right. Yeah. We'll, we'll get it and we'll put it in the show notes, folks. So can, we'll just be open to the public and then go check it. No, no it no, is actually a private mind. party. Yeah, but we are. We come. will have a video of it at some point that Dude, people can check that out. That would be cool. Yeah, okay. that's fun. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I really do a little bit of everything. Um, I, I, I work a lot with, uh, with animals. I, my heart is with animal rescue. So I'm uh, actually also trying to start a nonprofit uh, specializing in senior dogs that brings – my love of art and my love of old dogs together so that people can make art and hang out with old dogs and hopefully fall in love with the old dogs and then adopt them. <laughs> I like the idea. And that's actually how we met was through, mm -hmm. through dog rescue. It's a small world. So yeah, my Mr. Bob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think Gina's known you longer too. And I was just working all the time and then, yeah, yeah. Gina met me. Uh, she came and, picked up a dog that I had rescued and sent it to its forever home for me, yeah. which was nice. Yeah. Gina's yeah. nice. Everybody likes Gina. Yeah. We like Gina. Anyway, <laughs> so about this art thing, how long was, I want to go back. I want to go back. Okay. Um, Push the way back button. Yeah. Wh when did you move to Detroit? Okay. I, I'm so bad with time. <laughs> I think it was five years ago. Okay. That sounds about right. And I'm sure... There's a story behind it, right? Um, well, yeah, I had been managing an art studio in Cincinnati and it had kind of imploded in grand fashion. Um, it's still running, but not in the way that it was while I was there. Um, and I found myself surprisingly unemployed 
um, around the same time that two of the three galleries that were carrying my fine artwork closed. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Completely without anything. I, and I worked for a while in a sign shop. I'm trying to do like, I'm, which is like manual labor. It's, you know, for those of you who can't see me, I'm five foot three and about 112 <laughs> pounds. Tiny. And I'm there. Yeah, I'm tiny. And I've got like a power sander. I'm working at this sign shop doing manual work. And, um, my boyfriend lived in Detroit. I lived in Cincinnati. We'd been commuting back and forth for a couple of years. And he suggested that if I was going to be making no money and living in a basement, I could do that in Detroit <laughs> and point. then save the travel expenses. Save gas, at least, in yeah. a little bit of time. So right. I ended up moving to Detroit, which was which actually really cool. Um, and uh, I got here. And I knew no one, and I had very little space to work in, and I had absolutely no income, but I had all this stuff I'd been making, and I thought, I'll do an art fair. I haven't done an art fair in a while, and, and I, I, I contacted, actually, it was um, uh, ah, Ferndale, a, Ferndale Fern. DIY. Yeah, yeah, the do-it-yourself yeah. fair, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And um, I, it was like a week before the show, and I'm like, hey, art fair that's juried <laughs> you have any spaces left this is what i make and at that point i was making mostly found object and steampunk jewelry and then like these really crazy industrial collages and they didn't have anyone who was doing anything like it and they had someone who dropped out so they gave me a space and while it was at that art fair i ran into the people from theater bazaar and met pretty much my entire network of friends and support at that one art fair that I shouldn't have even asked about, which is another thing. Never be afraid to ask for things. Don't ask. You don't receive. So yeah. that's so for the people listening, um, Theater Bazaar is an annual event. How would you describe it? Because like, you're more into the community than I am. It'll be weird if I describe it. it it'll be weird if I describe it. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It is weird. <laughs> uh, Theater Bazaar is the largest uh, Halloween masquerade ball in the country. Um, it started out as a small party just in some friend's yard. Um, and it has recently moved to the Masonic Temple here. It takes up, I think, four floors of the Masonic Temple. It's an installation piece. There's an artist, John Dunavant, who has built set pieces on every floor, multiple rooms, multiple stages on every floor, hundreds of circus art acts and bands and contortionists, fire breathers, everything going simultaneously throughout the entire building. Um, everyone who comes has to wear a costume. You will not be admitted without a costume, preferably a mask for your own safety and protection, because you don't know what photograph you'll get stuck in. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really an amazing creative community that, that puts this thing on there. There's no way that any one person could do it. So hundreds of people volunteer time, to uh, to make this happen, yeah, it's an enormous effort. Gina loved it. It's not not my style. I'm more like the <laughs> farming and yelling kind of guy, but uh, ranting online. But the pictures she took from it, she was all decked out, and I mean, it was oh, yeah. it's like art, art, art. It's like everything's about art. Dress up like art. It's the impeccable. sets are just yeah. It, it, the, there's the, a lot of talent from from top to bottom, and the audience is so involved. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm. I perform and I also help volunteer to, to, to set up and all that. Um, I'm actually really not good in crowds. So it's not the, I, I would have a hard time. I would go early. I always tell people get there really early so you can see all the gorgeous stuff. And then if you're a hard party or stay till the end and like the raucous party kind of grows as the night goes on. But if you want to get there and see the art, get there before the huge crowd arrives. 
it's worth it. <laughs> uh, what I'm just what performing do you do? I didn't know you performed. So. <laughs> I, you I, knew I was going to ask. I, I can't knew let you were that gonna, go. Did you not yeah. know this? I did not know. You did no. not know. Okay, no. I um I I do a burlesque number every year. I have a recurring character, Sister you Mary have Motherfucker. My <laughs> Sister what? Mary Motherfucker. I you and I are going to get along great. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sister Mary is not me. Sister Mary is her own entity. Absolutely right. You could be yeah. a character. Art acting is art too, right? It is. It is. Yeah. That's a that is one of the uh, the big things about selling art is you have to realize that they're not buying. Well, like my wholesale line, they're buying the art. Yeah. But when I'm making a piece, the reason it doesn't sell as well if I'm not there is because they're buying a little bit of me. They enjoy the interaction. They like the personality. They like the mystique involved of knowing the artist, and they buy a little piece of the artist when they buy the art. It's why the art of extremely famous people sells better than the art, even if it's a better piece of an unknown artist. Yeah, it's because you are you want to have a part of that personality. Well, you're you're buying at least some of their time, right? And yeah. a piece a piece of their life, really, essentially, right? Exactly. All we have exactly. is time. Mm-hmm. How does one end up? In a uh, Sister Mary Motherfucker Burlesque Theater Bazaar. <laughs> I, I want to know the evolution of, okay. of this and how this happened. Because it's a great so, idea. We're just like, you know what I need to do? I, I, can't I need to do even, this. I can't even say that it's my idea. It was so not my idea. I was doing costumes for a burlesque troupe in Cincinnati. And uh, one of the girls backed out at the last minute. And I ended up filling in for her in a number. And they said, hey, you're good at this. You should do a number. And I'm like, I don't really want do a number it was a thanksgiving show and they're like no you you really should do a number thanksgiving burlesque show it's a thanksgiving burlesque show i need to get in this barnyard burlesque (laughs) in cincinnati and all of the girls do like animal themed things so getting one through that was not an animal like you could be a turkey i'm like i really don't want to be the thanksgiving turkey (laughs) i gotta get some jokes too that'd be good like i don't know but i was trying to think of things that sounded you know Thanksgiving-ish or pilgrim-like. So I came up with Annie Lennox's Missionary Man. The song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'll be a missionary. And uh, they dressed me up as a pilgrim, and that was fun. And it was, a, it was a wonderful number, and it was silly. And then we rehashed it at another event, and it wasn't a Thanksgiving event, and it didn't make as much sense for me to be dressed as a naughty pilgrim. So we made me a nun. Naughty Pilgrim. Naughty Pilgrim. If that's not a website already, <laughs> I naughtypilgrim.com. It's, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. <laughs> so uh, they they for this event, it was actually, I helped found a vaudevillian burlesque theater. It was very short-lived in Cincinnati. It was called the Cloven Hoof. And uh, for the opening night of Cloven Hoof, I performed this number again. And uh, they wanted us all to have stage names. And I've never performed under a stage name. I was just said, I'm, I'm Rena. Why do I need a stage name? Why do I need more one name? Right. So the announcer, Father Freddy Freaky Teeth, (laughs) pulled it out of his ass. So I'm about to walk up on stage, and he introduces Sister Mary Motherfucker and Our Ladies of Perpetual Misery. (laughs) (laughs) And it stuck. That's a good – see, that's why I I love stories. What a great story. And that's it. History yeah. was made. History was made. And, you know, my my background as an actor and a performer is actually in comedy. So, you know, I, I before that I had done a number dressed as a chicken singing Girls Just Want to Have Fun. That's really more my style. <laughs> but this character has stuck with me. So I, I am now Mr. Mary Motherfucker. You, I'm not all the time. Every once in a while I'll be like yeah. eating a burrito and someone will walk up and be like, Sister Mary. <laughs> 
what's the second part? I don't respond to that. <laughs> yeah. Do you make him say the whole thing? Like, no, I, I, about. I just say, yes, my child. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. I didn't know you were um, – see, this is what this is why I do these things. No, man, no. I, I, I'm winging this one because I don't know you as well as Gina does. I probably should have. Uh, I don't know if Gina knows that one either. No, she she wanted to be here. But she had too much shit to do at home. So she's really bummed out about it. So. These things yeah, she wanted to hang out, but uh, so I didn't know you. You were you were also. I mean, art is art, but <laughs> most people don't act and dance. Yeah, and well, I, I I don't act or dance well. <laughs> I have done them both professionally. You do before. most people in the movies, and they still that's get paid, right? True, that's yeah. true. No, I am. Um, I uh, I am. I'm a pretty good vocalist. I'm a intensely mediocre dancer, but I try really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm I'm a, a hell of a good character actor. Okay. Yeah. Like right now you think you're getting to know me, but you're not. You're actually getting to know <laughs> this particular persona that I built up for this interview. You have no idea. Dude, that's awesome. I love that. Well, it's also a form of marketing too, right? Oh, heck yeah. 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 If so, you catch me at an art show, I'm nothing like this at yeah. all. I have an entirely different personality that I write. You're actually probably getting more what me is, like the real me, as opposed to you know, my stage persona or, you know, the, the artist show, I call it the artist show where you, you know, you, you dress in funky clothing and you wear a little too much makeup. And yeah. A little too much. <laughs> slightly mysterious. And people ask dark you eyes. questions you about dark, you know, dark eyes. eyes. Like, yes. What does it mean? Like, what does it mean to you? Yeah. I have no, if you're asking me that question, you're going to be sorely disappointed because I have no fucking clue. I used to do this line of absurd collages, which is exactly what it sounds like. You know, um, I had one that they called the underwear series. It was like ancient sculptures wearing underwear and feeding people things, whatever. And people would ask. They would, they, they, you know, they were well done. They were very beautiful pieces. They were just weird subject matter, and people would ask, you know, what does that mean? <laughs> And That's sometimes I would, you know, sometimes I would pull something out of my ass and tell them what it, you know, what it could mean if you wanted to. And sometimes I would say it made me laugh when I put the underwear on that one. So I glued it down and I had this picture of a corgi. So I put its head there. I don't know. The capitalist in me would go, I don't know. What do you want it to mean for a $500 check? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe, uh, I, 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 Hey, I'm all about selling out. That's uh that's, that's I'm, I signed up to sell out. I want to sell things. So, <laughs> so do you, what else? So you do the acting, uh-huh. you have the burlesque show, you have the jewelry line. Uh-huh. Um, when I was at your house though, it appears that you do a lot. Like I saw, it looks like, what do you call it? Um, the, Par- plaster of Paris or whatever. Oh yeah, or, yeah. You, Those were all for the paintings. Uh, yeah, the 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 uh, the 3D work was all for the production this summer. Those were all stage pieces for the Garden of Earthly Delights. Okay. Um, did a lot of carved foam pieces for that. I do a lot of painting. Um, that's just my personal work is is painting. I, I almost never show it. That's the fun stuff, right? That's, that's the fun stuff. So that's the stuff and yeah. the collage work that I I stopped trying to make pieces that people would buy because. I don't like the pieces people will buy. I mean, every once in a while I meet someone who really gets it. And, and you know, if I have a good gallery and I have a good base, I had a good base of, of collectors in Cincinnati. I don't have that here. And I don't, I don't have the energy to try and find people who want to buy my work. I'd rather just make the work and then make stuff to sell on the side. Yeah, no, it's a really interesting idea. Do do enough to pay to do the things you want to do. Yeah. I mean, and then the stuff I'm making that I sell is cool stuff. It's stuff that I would buy, you know, it's, it's definitely things that I would be interested in having. I'm not making stupid stuff, but it allows me to make really weird stuff that 
I don't have to care whether you like it or not. Well, yeah, buying time, right? Buying time, yeah. buying creativity. I yeah. love the idea when you're telling me about it. So how this podcast happened was I'd met Rena a few times, but we hadn't really talked. And we went over and... <laughs> She wanted to put in some plants. She wanted to do a little farming. And you can sign me up for that any day of the week, folks. Just <laughs> sign me up. I love farming. And I was looking around. She's very interesting. And we just started talking about, um, I don't know how we ended up there, but about artists making excuses for the inability to take care of themselves in their life and how the responsibility. Right. And I just don't hear this very often from the artistic community. Like, take care of yourself, sell some stuff, find some stuff. And the way you're approaching I'm like, this is a good idea. I mean, I'm not saying that I came on this easily. It took me a while. It took me years of, of fucking around and messing yeah. up a lot before I got this down. But I know how we came up with this was because I offered to trade you pieces from my old jewelry line in exchange for help with the garden. I actually put out a call on social media saying, hey, anybody who has plants or plant pots and wants to donate them, I have all of this stuff from the old line that I'm not selling anymore because all those pieces were one of a kind. And they took way too much effort to make. And then I had to wait to see if someone wanted to buy them. I can't wholesale one of a kind. I mean, I, I, that's not true. I can wholesale one of a kind. But it, it takes a lot of work and you have to build up a relationship with every store. Either you have to let them pick each piece or they have to know you well enough that they trust your style and judgment. for the. And that takes years to build up. I don't have years to put into every single relationship I have. Yeah, no, that's a good point, right? You got to systematize some shit, right? Yeah, I yeah. had to have. So, so I had just launched the wholesale line that was nice and concise, and there's a there's a catalog. Yeah, I love that. You have inventory a catalog. numbers and stuff. I have a catalog. It's like going going backwards to go forward. It's like catalog. I mean, I don't. In the eighties, I lived mm -hmm. I lived all over the world. Military family. Um, this is before the internet, folks. Okay. I know it's hard for some people to believe. <laughs> I lived in England, Italy, all over the world, and you just can't buy stuff. And the stuff's different everywhere. Right. So they would always send the military people the Sears catalog and lots of uh, other catalogs. Yeah. Um, so like Field and Stream, mm -hmm. um, Cabela's had a catalog. And this was I just love flipping through. I remember I used to flip through the Sears catalog looking for the Nintendo games and things like that. And then yeah. it's like somehow catalogs died. Because and then they on, came back. They're online mostly now, but I think that um, I think that there's something really nice about having that, like having I everything at your hand, and you can look. Uh, you know, tactile. My, mm -hmm. my catalogs are mostly for my wholesale customers to look through to see what they would want to order for their store. But they're certainly available to anybody else who wants to look through them. It's the same product line that I have on my Etsy store that I have on my website. Um, but getting. To, to see it and all of it at one place and you can decide which of these things do I want. It's like uh, my mom used to call them wish books. She used to love like those really terrible cheesy ones like the Harriet Carter catalog that was like rotary nose hair clippers and whoopee <laughs> cushions for your toilet seat. You what know? is a rotary nose hair clipper? Like, oh, I need 10 of those. Yeah. Yeah. She, she remember her buying those like, remember those, those duck tins like that everyone had in their kitchen? It was like for your flour and your coffee and it had like a blue and white pattern and a duck yeah, and then and then like towards the end of the eighties, they got weird and they started making there would be pigs and frogs and like the elk. duck line wasn't yeah. going anywhere. The duck line was spent out, so they started trying. <laughs> Put a frog on it, Fred. Yeah. All right, frog. And, and the frog exactly what she bought. So we had like every time she'd get the Harriet Carter catalog, she'd go looking to see what new frog crap was in it. Not literal frog crap. They don't sell that, but they should. Frogcrap.com. <laughs> well, no, it's like a little. It's would like be a excellent fertilizer, I guess. It would be. 
it's like it, it's a little nostalgia too, right? People mm-hmm. remember flipping, and then you're kind of introducing the concept of a catalog to a younger generation who probably. I would, you know, my catalog is boring right now. It's a bunch of like static pictures. I I would love. I have I have friends who do fantastic wigs and makeup and costumes, and it would be so much fun to do some group shoots where you know you bring the wig and you bring the dress and I'll bring the jewelry and we'll do the thing, and then we could use those in our respective catalogs. You know, that'd be a good idea. You can actually maybe have a party. I should have a party, dude. That'd be a good idea. Have a catalog party. Everybody's got to dress up, put on, and then hire a photographer to do the pictures. I don't know. I can't take pictures that well. Yeah, but you could totally do that. You could just get a backdrop, and you know, that'd be so fun. Yeah, our house is cool. We could totally do that. (laughs) Very nice. She lives in Detroit, folks. So, and um, is that University District? University District. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I get confused when you cross the imaginary line off six miles. Is it seven miles, six miles, seven miles? I think it's seven miles, yeah. Yeah. We're we're just inside. Yeah, just barely. You barely got it. So that, by the way, that pissed me off. So I had an opportunity. I I couldn't buy it. Oh, I think, yeah. Two years ago to buy a house for 70 grand. 70 grand it needed maybe. Yeah. $50,000 in work. Yeah. And what are they going for over there right now? Uh, low end, two fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. That's, that's the Regrets. Yeah. Oh, it's so, uh, but the neighborhood is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I mean, Gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. And it's that's kind of a cool house, too. And and your art projects are like, that. <laughs> art ate your house, I think is the best way to describe it. Art <laughs> ate your house. So. I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I guess you, uh, he let you out of the basement. Um, yeah, well, there, you know, he took over the da- basement. That's where the train set's going. So, okay. So he gets to have his hobbies too, right? <laughs> yeah. Except for, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to be building a lot of the, the, you know, I painted a backdrop for it and, and we're collaborating on the buildings and you guys are very creative. Yeah, yeah. 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 Undoubtedly. Dave is very, like he's handy and I'm creative. So I'll be like, Dave, I want to make a five foot tall egg and I need to have like a ballerina in it and it's going to rotate and I need one leg to lift up and down. And Dave will say, you're going to need to borrow the jigsaw. Okay. (laughs) Here's what you're going to need. Yep. (laughs) Dude, that's awesome. So he's, he, he likes art obviously, right? He loves art. Yeah, Yeah. he does. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good thing. Yeah. And, a, and he likes dark art too, which is nice. Yeah. Well, you, I'm trying to figure out how you should really, what it was, I, I'm trying to describe it. And I'm not Mr. Artsy guy. My wife is much better at it. Well, while we're talking, if you haven't already, go on to Instagram and go to mm-hmm. Divine Eye Iguana. That's Divine Iguana, right? And right. also, and that's Divine with an I. If you spell it with an E, that's the yeah. old drag queen. Okay. Yeah. So you want a drag queen, do it with an eye. Divine Iguana. This is in the show notes, folks, too. And then bits and oddments. So when we're talking about it, you can actually kind of flip through and look at some of it. And it, it'll yeah. make more sense. It's very eccentric, yeah. dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. How would you describe it? I, I'm, not, I'm not really an artist. It's, oh, it's weird to me, but it's creative. my stuff. Yeah, That's a problem with radios. I can't just show them a I picture know, right? over the yeah, um, over the air. So I work with a lot of found objects. I, I work with some fairly esoteric subject matter. Um, lots of phrenology charts and anatomy and um, uh, you know, dream you know dream analysis and weird stuff like that. 
You'd have you have to look at it. Yeah, like in my studio right now, I have a giant severed. Actually, yesterday I just delivered it. I have a giant severed ear holding a knife. I've got several <laughs> several disembodied heads. I've got a puppet with mirrored eyes. I've got a very strange painting that looks like it's bleeding blue. Um, why not? Wait, 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 wait. wait. Blue, blue. Uh, Romulan is that what it is? Do Romulans bleed blue? I think they bleed blue. Okay. I could I'm, be wrong I'm about totally that. Totally willing to leave that. I'm going to get so much Trekkie nerd shit if I'm wrong about that. But I think, uh, yeah. Anyway, so you, so you got their blood and painted. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Or it could be my blood. Could be your blood. We don't know that you're not a reptile Romulan. We have no idea. Romulans aren't reptiles. They're not. No. Oh shit. Yeah. I don't know what color they bleed, but I know they're not reptilian. I don't watch TV, folks. So this is. <laughs> I'm, I'm really stretching when I go back, and I haven't even hardly watched a movie in two or three years. I've been, I've been too busy. So. One thing I found that was um, yeah, let's get back on subject. Yeah, we, we, we glossed over that. Yeah, like miles off. I That's don't even right. know where we are now. I feel like we need a joint to do it Joe Rogan <laughs> style and just not have. Yeah, <laughs> if we're gonna wander everywhere. We might as well do it legit. But I don't think Keller Williams would appreciate it. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna guess not. <laughs> no, down in Royal Oak. Which, by the way, folks, if you're watching, we now have a new space to do these podcasts. <laughs> the Keller Williams Royal Oak office finally opened, and they have several gorgeous conference rooms. And one of the benefits. To paying to be an agent here too is I get to use it. So now we got the bit, the brick backdrop and it's a more professional setting. And I don't know, I like where, it. It's interesting. Where were you recording before? We were always brewing Detroit. Okay, and I think I'll still do some there, and I'll probably still do some on location too because I do that sometimes as well. But I like change it up. I like having I like having it here, and I don't know. I think it's kind of nice. It is very it's very professional. Yeah. Well, Jim Schaefer, you know, he wanted. You know, it's like a rich market. People like yeah. lots of money. They want to do these things. So you got to you gotta have it look nice. So yeah. that's I mean, the you, idea. You, you market to the audience you have, you know. Yeah. But back backwards in time, you, you had me when you said it's my responsibility to make sure I can take care of myself so I can do the art I want to do. Yes. And you took ownership of it. Okay. And then we just we just started having the conversation. I don't want to do the whole conversation again, but walk me through because what I normally hear, I'm so unappreciated. <laughs> Why don't people just buy my nobody cares about art? Why can't I find a patron? And okay. quite frankly, in the business world we get this too. Nobody wants my stuff, they don't get me. If they don't want your stuff, then either you are not presenting it properly. Or your concept isn't developed enough yet. There you go. Period. Um, if you're an artist and your work isn't moving, you have a couple options. You can double down and go Van Gogh on it and never sell. <laughs> what did he sell? Like one painting one? in his life? Something crazy like ride that? Ride that shit to the you end? No, you can ride that out to the end. And maybe you are Van Gogh. Maybe you are right and everyone else is wrong and you're a fucking genius and the rest of the world is a bunch of morons. Dead millionaire. Dead millionaire, or you can uh, you can water it down and change it and have make things that the people tell you to do. You know, he had every he he was a talented draftsman. He could have started making stuff that the salon would want to display and people would have bought it and he could have it would have been no problem at all but he wouldn't have enjoyed it it would have sucked big gold sweaty balls <laughs> now, he was lucky and he had like family and money that could support him but not everybody has that and if you don't have a giant safety net then you have to either get a part-time job or start making some stuff that will sell so that you can keep doing the cool shit you like if you really are invested in that Find something else that people will buy. And if you're if you are a business person and people don't want 
the service that you're offering or the product that yeah. you're making, you have the exact same choices. It was it was the same thing, and then as soon as you said, it, I'm like, boom, like it's just right there. I'm like, if you're an artist and that is your profession, then you have to treat it as a business. It's a business. Yes, you have to file your taxes. You have to keep track of your inventory. You have to keep track of what you spend on stuff, and you have to, you know. Uh, what is the words that I'm looking for? Blah. The thing where you spend mu- this much and it costs this much to make it, and then you oh profit and loss. There yeah, we go. yeah, yeah. You gotta you do have your, to profit keep track your profit and loss. Profit and loss. Need and more coming in than going out, and you gotta exactly. track it. Yeah, and that you know I've, I have eliminated lines that were well received and really attractive because although I was making a profit, it wasn't enough of a profit to justify the amount of time that I was putting into manufacturing that. That is why those cards aren't around anymore. Too much time. Too much not time. Money. I couldn't do them any less than fifteen minutes a piece, and they were selling at most for three dollars and fifty cents, which means at wholesale. Ooh. Yeah, that's rough. I can't do that. No. I'm not. I am not living in India. You, you, <laughs> no. you could make more money picking strawberries in a field than you right. than you could do doing yeah, and, that. And, yeah, you know, and it wasn't. That's not my heart. I mean, it's a, a heart, but it's not my yeah. heart. That's not what I want to do with my life. <laughs> if that was what I wanted to do with my life, and I really enjoyed it, then by all means, spend all your time cutting little hearts out of paper. That's fantastic. Congratulations, you're living your dream. Yeah. But if it's not, and you could make more money with a part time job at McDonald's, then you should probably reconsider what you're trying to sell. <laughs> Yeah, the the market values things differently. I, man, I really like that. What were some of your? Because you said it took a long time to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Oh heck, yeah. a string of failures, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's um, let's let, catalog some of these let's, failures. Let's start right? with my. Uh, you know, at one point I was actually making a living selling collage art, and then the economy tanked, and the first thing people stopped buying apparently is absurdist collages. <laughs> I, <laughs> that I don't niche know why. Went away. You know? You're like no more, uh, no more. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, for a while there, they were going for four hundred to five hundred dollars a piece, and the first one I sold, I sold for five dollars. <laughs> Now they got up to about $500 a piece, which is great. That's, Hell yeah. That is acceptable money for a piece of art. I'll take it. I am happy. But then they stopped buying them, and I thought, well, maybe I should make prints out of these. Maybe that's what's wrong, is that people can't afford the price point. But it turns out that people either want the art or they don't want the art. Interesting. No more they, prints, huh? They don't want the print. It, they like the artwork. They like the image, but they either want to own the little piece of art that my heart and soul went into, or they just want to look at it and tell me it's cool and walk away. Nobody wants a print of it. And that's not nobody, but almost nobody. I actually, uh, I just composted the last of my prints last week. <laughs> it's going into the farm. You're going to eat it next I'm year. Gonna, I'm literally going to eat them. I am making them into something useful. Tomatoes. Recycling <laughs> art, next year's tomatoes. I love that you're going to eat your failure, right? I am literally going to eat my failure. That's right. Um, nom nom, motherfuckers. And then I thought, because prints weren't successful, obviously it's because they're not useful. People don't need a print, and then they have to frame it, and that's a giant pain. I should make note cards. Why did I think that note cards would be more successful than prints? I don't Why know. Did I, th- I don't know either. So I, I you know, I... I bought a nice printer and I bought massive amounts of paper and you have to cut them and you have to fold them and you have to put them in a little thing. And, and of course I'm not doing wholesale at this point. So I'm making all of these things in advance, hoping that someone is going to just assuming actually yeah. that people They'll are going to buy it. I'll make money. Love it. I'm going to make so much. I made no money on note cards. I, I lost my ass. I hate, on not, note cards. I hate not making money. Pisses I hate me it off. Too. Yeah. 
I, I, I hate it more when I actually lose money. That sucks. Uh, that's even so worse. Bad. Yeah. Like, especially when you're all optimistic, like, I'm going to go to an art fair. I've got all these note cards and I've got these prints and I've got these collages. And people are like, do you have any necklaces? Like, oh, shit. Oh, God damn it. No. So then I started making jewelry. Like, fine, I'll make jewelry out of the they stuff. Were they were asking for necklaces? asking for necklaces. All right. I'm like, okay, I will make, I, I also did magnets. Magnets were even less successful than uh, prints and note cards. But I thought, I don't know, what what was I thinking that I thought I was going to sell? Throwing some <laughs> shit against the wall, seeing what yeah. would stick? Ah, yeah, nothing sticks. And it all cost money up front to, to get. So I started making found object jewelry and it did sell better than the art. Oh my God, it sold so much better than the art. So I started investing all of my time into making this stuff. And then and uh, when I first started making it, no one was making anything like it. Uh, no one, you know, people would come, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. And now people would walk into that exact same booth and be like, oh, another steampunk booth. And they would walk out. I didn't even know what that meant. I was just, I had a bunch of old metal laying around from my collage stuff. I was making metal stuff. So that that died. So the steampunk movement killed your your steampunk killed bastards. my art business. Ah. Yeah. Well, and then I thought, ooh, I'll start selling to the steampunk community, and that was a terrible decision too. Because uh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. This uh, is an impressive string of failures. It's, it's incredibly yeah. that one was incredibly disappointing because I loved my work and everybody liked it, but I, I my work was just steampunk enough that like middle aged white ladies would walk in and be like. Oh, is that steampunk? <laughs> but not steampunk enough to But the, and to the buy. steampunks are like, you want 80 bucks for that? <laughs> like, it's like hipster steampunk. No like, thanks. Yeah. Like, damn it all. I could make that myself. I know you can. You guys are all DIYers. Every single one yeah. of you. Why am I trying to sell handmade goods to people who know how to make shit? This is that is working. a good point. That's a wrong market, <laughs> it right? Was such a wrong market. Yeah. But, you know, I learned as I went, too. You know, I found the things that people actually liked. You know, out of my collages, they liked certain images. They would buy it because it had a hand in it. Okay. Like, you're not interested in the art, but you are interested in the hand. So why don't I sell things with hands? That's one of my top selling now. Interesting. So you just started paying attention to, and this is part of the tracking your inventory and Mm -hmm. being a professional about it. And you're like, oh, wait a second. People keep buying this hand shit, right? Yeah. Two years ago, I had almost 300 images in my line. Right now, and at that point, I was making everything on the back of vintage game pieces, old bingo markers and poker chips, which is so cool. But there's an awful lot of people who would pick it up and say, what does it have a number on the back? <laughs> or my least favorite. Oh my gosh, I love those. That's so cool. My my niece is going to be a massage therapist and she's 23. Do you have any that have a 23 on the back? Like, Damn it. God. I didn't think of that. God. So now I have extra variables. This is crazy. <laughs> I, I need birth dates and anniversaries. and Birth dates and anniversaries. And I can't custom make this because they're all found. So I'm like, uh, no, it was terrible and i was resin casting each one so i couldn't make them on demand either they had to be made in batches of about 200 so i had to make them in advance there was no way right batches of 200 is that just um the cheapest or what it's just the uh the material you have to mix into a certain you can only you have to mix a certain amount of the stuff together there's a bare minimum okay and there's a bare minimum beyond which the margin of error is too high compared to the amount of product and you're gonna mess up the mix and it's gonna be bad and sticky and gross so it's like a manufacturing limitation so yeah. you have to x I ha- amount well, i mean right? i could do one but i'm gonna have to mix the same yeah. amount of resin as if i were doing 200 so 
Don't want to waste it. I don't want to waste it, and I don't want to waste the time because it's going to take at least an hour to prep one or an hour and 15 to do 200. That's a good point. Right. So I started this past year making them out of little brass blanks. And it's the same images. And there are occasionally people who say, but I really wanted it on a bingo marker. And I can say, I have bingo markers and I can make that for you when I do the next resin batch. I'll yep. just throw that in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you have it, right? Yeah, the I past mistake, I bought them. Yeah, I'll you know, sell them. I got yeah. them. I can make it. I'll sell it. No problem. Yeah. But I don't have to, I don't have to sit on hundreds of pairs of earrings. You know, I, at one point I made up every, I bought because you buy vintage games, each box of bingo or lotto comes with between 55 to 96 markers, depending on the manufacturer and the year of manufacturer and the nation, the nation that it came from. Uh, British games have more than English. I don't know. Really? Yeah. All right. So you have this little box and you have to buy, I have to source them. So I'm getting them on eBay. They cost me, when I started, they were $8. By the time I stopped buying them, I had, I was, I bumped myself out of my own price point. They had gotten to where they were going for $15, which was more than I could justify spending on the material. But I was really the only one buying them in bulk, so it's my own damn fault. You pushed up your own prices? I pushed up my own Interesting. prices. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Price yourself out of your own I heart. I priced myself out of the market. Don't. Dang it. Yeah. But, uh. So I, I made three boxes. That's almost, we'll say 200 to 25 pieces of little, everybody had been asking for dragonflies. So I made a dragonfly image, I digital collage with the vintage image and hand painting and watercolor scanned in. It's a lovely piece. It's really pretty. Um, and I made three boxes full of dragonflies because I was going to be damn sure that I had every number possible for any. And I am I am quite certain that I sold at least 10 of those. 10. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I still have them. I still it's like a giant gallon bag of dragonfly earrings from years ago. Oops. Yep. Never yep. doing that again. Nope. Just uh, just so, keeps adding up. So you just keep churning away, trying new things, yep. paying attention. And what's. What I have settled on and is working is brass blanks. They're all the same. The images, I have my best-selling images. And then I do custom pieces on the, you know, I'll do, would you like an illustration of your dog? Sure, I could do that. Do you want a wombat? Okay, I just made a uterus for someone. <laughs> uterus, <laughs> is it a yeah. necklace or earring? What it's is both. It? Both. <laughs> both. Yeah. You know, and if I get enough people asking for wombats or uteri, I'll add that to the product. Line. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But sell sell a hundred of them. It's going in. Exactly. And I don't need to sell a hundred of them. I need to have, if I get five people requesting it, that's a good sign. Okay. That's enough. That's enough. So that's your, so you do that, track. So if you get, so five is like the magic number that, okay, maybe yeah, I'm about, on to something. About, yeah. yeah. Um, corgis. I have a line of dog earrings. Corgis I added because everyone asked, do you have a corgi? So fine. Yes, I have a corgi. Yes, I do. Yes, I, I have do. a corgi right now. I also now. have a Springer Spaniel. Also, oddly popular, the Japanese chin. What is a Japanese chin? Uh, it, it looks a lot like uh, uh, a Pekingese to me. Oh, okay. All right. But little... they have a little white spot. All right. Yep. But I, I did not realize how popular the Japanese chin was. I didn't even know it existed. I, I didn't either until people started asking me for them. Well, at some point, too, you because you still will go to an art fair and sell yeah. some stuff, right? Yeah. But at some point, you said, I need 
to sell more and other people need to sell my stuff, right? Uh-huh. Well, uh, how did you- I've already been doing consignment. I already had things on consignment, but I was doing that same line where I would take a whole bunch of one-of-a-kind pieces in and then the store would pick the ones that they wanted to carry. And then some of the stores that I had long relationships with would let me just send things sight unseen. But for the most part, I was having to schlep it all myself. And for the most part, even when I was taking it to another store, I had to go- drive there, let them pick through all the material. And then I had a bunch of stuff that the store didn't want that went back into the bin of maybe someday this will be, you know, sad, lonely. <laughs> lonely jewelry. Lonely, lonely jewelry. art. Yeah. It's singing the song from, what, what was it? Uh, an American Tale, a revival yeah. song. So sad. Yeah. yeah the violin. <laughs> and that's kind of how the catalog was born, right? Because exactly you were like, well, I need to... I can't go show all this physically, no, right? I cannot. So I have I have a catalog and I have a line sheet. Um, they're industry standard things, catalog, line sheet. Catalog has, you know, all of the resin cast images that I sell on an everyday basis. These are the ones that I will have in stock. Um, it has the price points for each and the type of things that you can get. You can get an earring. You can get a pendant. Eventually, I will add post earrings. That will be the next line. Um and then there's all of the dogs and the name of the dog. And then there's a line sheet that also includes the one of a kind thing. So I don't have images of all of the one of the kinds, but if you want to be brave and you want to buy 10 poker chip necklaces with some sort of spring theme, I am happy to make those for you, but you don't get to pick them like you used to. You have to be brave. You got to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brave and buy in bulk. <laughs> right. Brave and buy in bulk. You know, I'm happy to throw in a few if you're going to buy, if you're doing an order of resin and you want to test the waters on two or three necklaces made out of vintage tins, great. Do that. I, I love working with the vintage tins and I'm, I'm happy to send you two or three, but I'm not going to send out three vintage tins on consignment and nothing else because I'll never get that. Yeah, no, it's just money out, no money in, right? Mm-hmm. Plus the time and effort and energy. Yep, and you know, I've made I've made terrible choices with that too. I um, I one specific story that I thought I'd tell you about, which was a it was a store in Mackinac on Mackinac, something like that, whatever. That um, I had I had two stores that I had gotten inquiries about at the same time. One was a gallery in Upper Arlington that um looked really nice. It looked really super nice. And they and they called and they buttered me up and they just loved the work and they were going to do an opening and it would be fantastic. And I thought, this is great. But they were consignment and they did 40%, which is at the top I'll take as a consignment. And it makes me a little leery. You know, you better be selling. And they said, you know, we do a very high volume. I think you're going to be impressed with our sales. You're going to be very surprised by our sales is exactly what she said. And then... Um, there was this other store in Mackinac. It was their first year, which is always a warning sign. First year, yeah. A lot of like, businesses oh. fail. Right. And, and and they're only open for the summer season. And it takes like two weeks to prep enough material to get the full inventory for a new store. So I'm like, do I want to – which one of these is am I going to go with? I don't, I don't have a whole month to do. So I went with the gallery in Upper Arlington, and they were, they were not – do it. I was. I was very. You surprised were surprised. Yeah, I was going to say. I was waiting for the. I was waiting for it to drop. It was, a, it was a hard market. I had a really hard time, and they were hard. Like we did not communicate well. What they wanted, they wanted you know every piece to have a. See the problems of one of a kind. They wanted every single piece to have a photo and a little dot blurb about what was in it and what. And I'm like, I can't. I don't have time yeah. to sit down and make a little paragraph and and professional photograph of every piece I send you. You have. $3,000 worth of merchandise. That's a lot of photos. So um, 
a few months later, and I, I was avoiding the store, and I was like just ignoring them. And they would every once in a while, someone would send me a message. And I'm like, nah, send me nah, stuff. Nah, Why nah. are we doing that? Yeah, are you? Are you <laughs> we'd really like it if you were maybe interested. Like, nah, nah, nah. So I get a call from a friend who is a business owner locally and, and very together. She's got her. She's really got her shit together. She's on her A game, and she had been to a conference in Mackinac. And she's like, I've got a shop for you. I'm like, oh, fuck. No. Is it? Is it? And she's like, yeah, I told her you'd send samples. She's very excited. I told her you'd probably do it this week, that you're super fast and you're so responsible. And I'm like, oh, fuck me. Thank you. Thank you, lady. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Well, thank you so much. So I finally got around to sending them things, and they are my best store. Top sales. They, in their, like, five months, four months of selling season, outsell all of my other galleries. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like I always pick the wrong line at the grocery store. Yeah, I do that. Like, I don't even pick anymore. Gina, you pick. Because I always pick the wrong one. So you pick the wrong one. I pick the wrong one. And I've learned this from art fairs and in looking at galleries. If someone comes to you and says, oh, my God, I love your work and it would be so fantastic in art. It means that they don't have enough cool stuff in their store yet. Or... They have an art fair and they haven't got enough artists who are interested. Maybe last year it tanked or the last two years it tanked and no one is applying. If people are begging you to apply to their sales venue, they need more people. And that's a bad sign. If you have to if you have to work for it, if you have to send them a catalog and some flowers and wait six months to maybe get in the door to make a sales call, that's the store that's going to sell for you. You know, it's funny. It's like that in real estate, too. Usually the harder it is to get the deal, the more money you're going to make on the deal. Yeah. Yeah. So the more difficult it is, the, yeah, it's like barriers to entry, right? Yep. I want to make sure that that seems like maybe you have to do that, too, because we want a bunch of, well, dumbass artists just sending you shit and like, well, it's not coming. You need to make it difficult so you know you're working with somebody professional, right? Yeah, that, too. That, too. Man, it's interesting. I'm sure you do it differently now. Do you have an approach now? Like, okay, I'm going to reach out and try and extend my line of these stores. Do you I'm have like a if then statement working on yeah. this stuff? I am still working on it. I don't have a set, a set wholesale pitch yet. I need one. I know I need one. I keep saying I'm going to do a wholesale show, but I haven't found one that feels like a good fit yet. Hmm. Um, they have shows for everything. I didn't know they had a wholesale show. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, You're yeah. plugged in. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do a lot of wholesale shows. Um, I was going to do uh, the one of a kind show, but I don't do one of a kinds anymore. Ah, so that uh, that's dead. I actually had a whole catalog for the one of a kind things too. It was too complicated, and yeah. no one wanted to use it. Um, they would just not order from the catalog. As a matter of fact, a lot of people don't order from this catalog either, which is okay. Slightly annoying. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to say that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I send you a bunch Put of stuff, time and I send you this little catalog. order form and yeah. a thing, and then you send me a check, but you didn't sell me which images sold. So now I have no idea what to send you, and yeah. didn't, but that's okay. You I'll know, just pick. Cool. I'll just yeah. pick some stuff that I think will sell. You're getting fucking dragonflies, all right? I got this <laughs> box of dragonfly shit. If you and don't fill these- out the form, you're getting the dragonflies, and that's the way and it's going to be. these note cards, these lovely <laughs> note cards in the shape of a heart. You're gonna- <laughs> yeah, give me any more shit. You'll be surprised what you get. It- yeah, uh, that is, I think that some of my stores have caught on to that though. Like, if the less input you give me about what sells, yeah. the weirder the shit you're gonna get. You, you gotta train get, people like a dog sometimes, you, you know. Like, you're gonna get the stuff. I'm like, ooh, I think so and so probably needs some things. I've closed out a store the other day that had been like that, 
And I went and I got all my product. And it was just so random. I'm like, oh, no wonder they weren't selling anything. I was just sending them the back stock that hadn't sold any place else. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of tanked this one myself, didn't I? But, you know, if you're if you're a four-hour drive from me, I can't come take an inventory for you. I can't. Also, it's a little funny, too, because, I mean, obviously, it's in your best interest to sell as much as you can. But it's mm-hmm. also kind of their responsibility. It's their store, too, right? It is. It is. But a lot of um, most, I would say, art gallery, like I put the gallery in quotes, boutique-type stores like that that sell artwork and jewelry and handmade gifts on consignment are started by artists. And business is not generally our strong suit. Yeah, I was going to say. So yes. it is. I'm glad a you said it, not me. Common <laughs> problem that stores don't keep track of your inventory properly or don't pay out. Uh, I don't have any of the stores that I'm working with now have none. They have none of these issues, but I've had had them in the past. Yeah, yeah. Where they have no idea how much of their stuff, if your stuff, they have left. They have no idea how much they owe you. Um, you have to call or go to the store and do an inventory yourself and tell them. You are missing five pieces. I think you owe me for these. And it, I, I don't want to do that. No, no, that sucks. <laughs> Another good reason to go with uh, a wholesale line instead of strictly consignment. Like if you want to do consignment, I have to really trust you. You have to be very well recommended by other artists that I work with. That's interesting. I like so you got like a, a hierarchy of through the years of just failure going, well, this works, that doesn't, so I'm gonna do this, that, mm-hmm. and you're kinda okay. Well and artists I, you know, there's there's some really good groups. There's some um that I've you know, I do Facebook groups and the whole thing. But we really we really do network and we really do talk to each other, you know. People will say, I'm gonna try this fantastic thing and I'll send them a little message like, not to burst your bubble, but I failed at this. I failed at that. <laughs> now I'm not saying that you will, but this is what I did wrong. Don't do these things. Or um, I just got a call from so and so, and they want to carry my work. And I'm like, holy shit, don't go there. Like, do not. There it's just like dragons. real estate. You guys all talk. You all have oh, Facebook yeah. groups. Yeah, I'm on a sell yeah. real estate sales Facebook group. The multiple. Uh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Man, that's awesome. See, the internet is just making the world so much smaller that it you can really do these things. Is. Yeah, and there and and it's so much better, especially for like the art fairs. It's going to it's gonna tank some of the fairs, some of the old established fairs that it turns out that no one was actually – because artists at the show will fucking lie to you. They will straight up lie to your face. You go to your neighbor and you've got the art fair smile going and you're like, how are you doing today? They're like, fantastic. Sales good. A, They're fantastic. Sold Having a, a ton show. of shit. Haven't sold yep. anything. Yeah. Like, meanwhile <laughs> – They think meanwhile, it's them. Nobody's selling anything. Nobody's selling anything and nobody's being honest, but they're much more honest online. Mm. And there's a lot of shows that are – not doing so well now because people are like, you know, I I didn't do well there either. What about you, Carol? How did you do? And Carol's like, I fold fucking nothing. Yeah. Somebody stole a face, you know? <laughs> and so it, it's, uh, it really is changing the face of everything. If somebody, or let me, let me see if I can rephrase this. Um, if you, how do you add wholesale stores now? Is there, there a procedure or a way you approach it or? I have a link on my website for, you know, hey, if you're interested in carrying wholesale, I make sure to always have my business cards and be wearing an example of my work anywhere I go. That's right. That is beautiful, by the way. That's a piece I'm wearing right yep. there. That was the jingling sound of jewelry. Yeah. Um, so if, if someone is interested in public, I can refer them to my website. And I do a lot of cold calls online. No one actually wants a phone call. No one wants a phone call. They want an email with a link with three or four photographs. And then you follow up in a couple months. 
most of the time, nothing happens. It's just like anything. It's like a rule of tens. You know, one out of ten might be interested. Out of those that might be interested, maybe one will actually take your work. But that's okay because that one is probably the one that will actually sell for you. And it's not – you know, a lot of things you just want a whole bunch of people pimping your stuff. But this, I have to make every single piece that they have. So I would rather find places that are a good fit for me and that are going to sell a lot of merch, especially with, with wholesale, even more than consignment. Um, I will only have one store in a zip code. One store. Yeah, that makes that sense, right? You don't, want, so, you don't want them competing against each other with no. your shit, right? So if I send store A the minimum order, $300 worth of stuff, and they don't really sell it, and it just sits there. And it's a big lump in their block and they never order again. That's six months to a year that I'm going to not be able to sell to any other store in that zip code. That's really problematic, especially in areas where I can't visit. You have to be picky. Yeah, I have to be picky. And I'm glad that the stores are picky, too. Mm. Um, It's it's better for everybody. I also in that same vein, I I do all of my stores have a uh, a return that um, with your second order, after six months of having my stuff, with your second order, you can return any unsold inventory and I will replace it with a different piece. Okay. So if you get 10 human heart necklaces and it turns out that everybody actually wants dragonflies, I've got dragonflies. Yeah, you, <laughs> let say, me hook you up. <laughs> I can hook you up with that. I'm not going to make you sit on a bunch of stuff that doesn't sell. All your friends and family members listen to this. Have you been giving out a lot of uh, dragonfly Christmas presents and things? <laughs> it's what you're getting for your birthday for the next 15 years. Until- <laughs> Pretty much. Everybody's going to get a dragonfly. Yeah, that's how Gina does it. She does the the regifting thing uh, a lot, too. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And at this point, actually, I'm going through and uh, taking apart all the old stuff and making it into – I have a line that I call my, my trinket necklace. And they're like, it's a chain and it'll have three or four found objects on them. They're under $20. They're an easy sell. They're an easy gift item. So things like dragonfly earrings that I've had forever will become part of a trinket necklace with a couple beads and maybe a found thing. Get recycled back into the art. Yeah. 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 I've got, I've got time in that and they're cool. They just, they, they weren't what people were wanting. So do you set, um, do you do a certain number of, I guess it's more of a cold email than a cold call. Do you do a certain number a day or do you set monthly goals or how do you, how do you approach that? I try and do one city a month. Okay. It's very, it's very mild. I don't, you know, I'll hit every single store in, I don't know, Saskatchewan or wherever that I can find online and I'll send out my stuff and next month I'll do it again. If I push too hard, I get frustrated and I don't want to do it. Yeah. And I have had the problem where, oh my gosh, I got three responses and they all want to place an order. Well, fuck. Which one? I can't or I can't do that much even. Like if I've done four cities this month and I get a response from every city that wants a I I can't manufacture that much stuff that fast. Um replacement need employees. is one thing. I would love to need employees except for I like working by myself. There, see, lifestyle like business. Yep. So maybe yep. I, I used to think that that's what I wanted, that I wanted to have a full-time staff of people. And I had this like whole spiel that I would give to myself and everybody about about building the economy from the ground up and, and providing work and making, you know, helping others lift up. And I do still believe that. But I also know that I'm neurotic and I'm, I'm a hermit. 
and I'm really hard to work with. You can ask the guy who was my assistant at the studio I worked with in Cincinnati. I am a bitch. <laughs> when I don't want to be there, I will make your life miserable. <laughs> and when I don't want you to be there, even though I need you to be there, it's even worse. <laughs> Maybe I should be cautious about my, my expansion efforts. Well, no, that's I'm I'm actually very similar. I get very frustrated when I'm working. I like things done at a quick pace and all that. And I'm mm-hmm. quite frankly, I'm sure when I had employees, miserable to fucking work for. And now I know. <laughs> That's just not what I'm going to do, and I'm okay with that, and I'm yep. much happier not doing it, too. So, Yep. I want to have enough from this that I can uh, – that I want to be comfortable, but I don't need it to be – It's I'm making resin cast jewelry. Yeah. This is not something that is ever going to be a multi-million dollar business. That's okay. Well, yeah, because you approach it as – what I liked about it was you were designing your business around your life. Yeah. And most – and I'm not saying that's right or wrong. It's just a different approach. Most people design their life around their yeah, yeah or they they do they try and stuff their their life in the cracks or whatever's left over of their business. Right? It, it's a gorgeous day outside. Actually, today's kind of kind of crazy, but some days it's a beautiful. You have a farm. Day rain's good. You know, I can go outside and play with the dogs, take them for a walk. You know, work in the yard, work in the garden, take a fucking nap. Yes, and then. Naps. At naps are important for Love artists. Naps. They're incredibly important. I haven't had one in a minute. But then at like four AM I can get back up and finish that order. And that's okay. I, I it's and it's infinitely better, especially for creative people, to have that flexibility. I may not you know, what if I'm doing a commission piece and I'm supposed to be coming up with a new design for someone? What if I'm designing a logo? What if I'm you know, somebody's like, I want five mermaids and I can't think of a mermaid right now. If I only can do this between one and four, and I can't think of what mermaids are supposed to look That's like between a problem. one and four, it's a problem. Yeah. What if I suddenly am inspired to draw a fucking mermaid at six o'clock in the morning? I can now go sit down at my desk and crank out a mermaid at six o'clock in the morning in my pajamas with a cup of coffee and a dog that's pissed because I haven't fed it yet. <laughs> but you're working okay. on the mermaid. But I'm working on the mermaid, yeah. and it's cool. It's cool. If I had a nine to five job, frankly, I'd just be sick and late a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's that's well. That that's how we all end up doing this, right? Uh huh. You go do that for a while, and you're like, eh, oh that's, god, it's gonna be a long life. Yeah. <laughs> These people, I admire people who do this so much because they do so many important things. But it's not for everybody. They go put in forty years in the same place. I can't do it. I mean, it's fucking amazing. They do. I just, I'm not built that way. No, and I think one of the really beautiful things about the modern world, and it was like this, I think, way back in the day, too. And then it got really homogenized in like the 70s and 80s. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But we are allowing for different kinds of workers and different kinds of businesses. And I think it's going to really help our economy as a whole, and it's going to help every individual you can have a business and not fit into the standard model you don't have to force yourself to do the nine to five it's okay and and you can find ways to support yourself outside of that model you just have to think a bit and make some mistakes apparently yeah lots (laughs) of man that's 
one thing, oh man, my personality failure to me feels like the end of the world, but understanding it's part of the process, <laughs> there is no success without the failure, right? Nobody no. gets it right. No, no. Everybody fails until they figure it out right. Just fail, mm-hmm. fail faster and fail cheaper. Yeah, that's. I think that is – if I had any advice to give people who are thinking about doing something what I'm doing, it is invest as little as possible up front. Buy, you know, okay, so yes, you can order 10,000 of those black beads from China and they'll be less per piece, but maybe you should buy 20 even though it's twice as much this time and see if you really need them. Mm. Invest as little as you can before you're damned sure that somebody wants it. What would we call that? Minimum viable, I don't know, something like that. I'm trying to remember my business class back in the day. Yeah. One of the problems challenges i should say i hate when i say problems one of the challenges with working alone Uh is accountability we were talking a little bit about it before the podcast how because obviously the challenge right Uh i'm just gonna come out and say it yeah i know plenty of our art i'm doing the air quotes artists artists, right and they are talented by the way actually i don't want to say it like that they they do some good shit right but they end up spending most of their day sitting around smoking weed getting drunk listening to fucking music, talking with friends, and not selling anything, right? Right. And I think this is just a human problem. It's not a specific John or whatever. Right. It is a problem. Very often when we don't have accountability and we can't be accountable to ourselves, which I can't be accountable to it, myself, past like three or four hours a day. So now, well, you were just saying that you set arbitrary deadlines for yourself. You're like, it has to happen by Tuesday. And then, and then you tell people... I'm going to do people. this thing on Tuesday. Yes. Hey, if you guys want to help me do this thing on Tuesday, that'd be great. And then you've got three people who are planning to come by. And if you don't, if you're not doing the thing on Tuesday, then you have to explain to the people, man, I spent the entire weekend drunk and stoned. <laughs> <laughs> didn't sell shit. Didn't do shit. Totally Thought you had a business. Ready. I guess I don't. I, I do. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Between the hours of 1.30 a.m. and 2.30 a.m., I have a business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I, you just have to make sure that you have you have to make yourself accountable. You have to put it out in the open. And for me, I just don't want to be embarrassed. So I tell people I'm doing things or I, 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 I like I'll say um, I will take on a custom order that has to be done by a specific deadline. And then I know that I have to do, I have to make all the stuff for that store before that deadline and restock everything at the same time because it doesn't make any sense to drive all the way out there for one custom dog necklace. Obviously, I have to have the other $300 worth of merchandise when I come by or it's just not worth my time to go. So by, you know, Thursday morning, Teresa at Dancing Eye when I bring the dog. <laughs> all of the other stuff. I guess I better get on that tonight. <laughs> it's ready. It's ready. It's I totally ready, starred ready. that. No, it was like shit. Need to, get, need to get it done. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. But that that's that is one way to do it. Yeah. Or you know. Did you ever find yourself fighting the accountability oh, struggle? All the time. Yeah. Okay. All the time. I'm not alone. Yeah. No, no. It's so hard to make myself go into the studio. So hard. <laughs> Especially when I have like, you know, the new line is even worse in some ways. At least it's finite because I know I need to make 10 of these and I can make myself do the 10. But when it, when it's just make a lot of things, how many, is a lot? how many do I have to have really? So I'll like set deadlines for myself. Like, okay, 
I am not allowed to go get another cup of coffee until I have finished 30 pairs of <laughs> And then reward yourself when you finish with a yeah. cup of coffee. And the last five, I'm always negotiating with myself. Like, <laughs> what about... Is, I've done that so many times. Close enough? No, Rena, not twenty-four. It's like push-ups. Just five more. Yeah. Just just five more. You can. Yeah. yeah, and then and then and I I also have like a weird bit of OCD with numbers, so I can't. St- I could not stop on twenty-seven. I can't stop at twenty-seven. That's not a good number. That's it's an hilarious. uneven number. I have to at least do twenty-eight because twenty-eight is even. And by the time you get to twenty-eight, that's almost thirty. And twenty-nine is another bad number. That's a terrible number. It's just very. Uh, at least they're both round, <laughs> but it's still. <laughs> you know, I don't like that number. I'm pushing. I'm pushing I past. Push it. past twenty nine. That's yeah. just unlucky. You don't want to stop there. I'll be uncomfortable all day. So no, no twenty nine. Gina's the same way. Like we we're planting <laughs> the rows and we didn't finish. There's one row. It's like half the row. It's like we need to go more plants. I'm like. We just planned 400 starts in the last two weeks. I think yeah. we're fine. We can leave these last seven. It's like, nope. but it's not done. It's there's seven. Yeah. And if you don't finish, you got to finish it. I'm like well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, for me, if I do, if I have seven that I didn't finish, once I have negotiated with myself and decided that it's okay not to do, they would never get planted ever. It's like those seven are dead to me now. <laughs> yeah, it's done. It's done. I like I'm that. finished with you this. Project. Negotiate with yourself to get the last yep. five. <laughs> <laughs> like, sometimes I lose the negotiation. Yeah, yeah, right. You know? it, it, Losing is just part of life too. I found right. I, I, oh, you yeah. win, you lose, you fail, you succeed. I think it's hilarious. You're negotiating with yourself. Do you negotiate with yourself every day, or is it like a once a week oh, kind of thing? Every fucking day. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> I need to do some stuff. Yeah, and then and then I'll like I'll like procrastinate by doing other stuff. things that I have to do. You're like I know I really need. Worst, the worst is I'm terrible at sending out orders. Like I'll get the order finished. It's all done. It's on my desk. It's ready to go, and I just cannot bring myself to put it in the mailer and print out a label. Really? Really. So you don't have to take it to, so it's not even going to the post office kind of thing. Post office. I okay. just have to like print out the mailing label. And it, I I procrastinate so bad on that. And then sometimes I forget that I had the thing to send because I finished the product. I haven't figured out how to make myself do that next step as part of the thing. Like it is not done until you print the fucking mailing label, Rena. It's not finished. Do you have a checklist? Yeah, but then I can procrastinate by making a checklist too. <laughs> <laughs> you, man, you and Gina, this is the way you guys get along so well. I, she has a stack of lists that she's written and never checked off, but she wrote it and she she had it, and then we have the list, and it's better now. If I have a really like right now, uh, the Bosch production that's coming up, so many little details, so many little things to do. I'll sit down and write a giant checklist for that with each project. You yeah, know, like. Uh, Buy plywood, trace plywood, you know, cut plywood to size, sand plywood, paint plywood, prime plywood, like all of the steps. And that way, because I know I have to stop mid-project, I can't just plow all the way through. I can mark off the parts that I've done and it feels like that's a complete thing. Otherwise, I'll like buy the plywood and I'll be like, well, I did that. This is where people like you and Gina really help me out because I need to do more of this this year. I need to get more lists and I need... Cause I'm just like, I do five and I'm like, what, where am I? I lost my, fuck it. I'll do it live. You know? (laughs) And then you miss stuff, right? Every time you forget you did it and all that. And I just, I get so impatient that I have just won't sit down and make myself do it. So I have the exact opposite problem. You guys are like making lists after lists. I'm like, fuck that. I wrote five things down. Let's do it. You know, do the things I'll figure it out as I go. That's a bad plan, by the way. That's terrible. That is is a good way to get back from the grocery store without eggs. That's exactly what that is. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. You nailed it right there. <laughs> I do that so often. I'm like, fuck. Oh, yeah. yeah I should have wrote a list. I went to the grocery store and I thought, 
I don't need a list. I only need like two things. It'll no, be fine. No, you totally need a list. Oh my God. Yeah. I came back with like five different kinds of fruit, a watermelon, an inflatable fish. <laughs> and I needed that fish. Yeah, I needed the fish. I, 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 it was on I, sale. It, it, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to paint it. It's going to be a flying fish. We're going to hang it over the garden. It'll be fantastic. But um, yeah, yeah. I got a fish and then I did not get uh, pumpkin for the dog food. Oops. Yeah. And that's why you went. That is what I went yeah, for. That's, was that's the story of and, my like, life. bottled water. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were, because I know you, so we're, we're abridging this, obviously, because it happened over many years. And did you exactly set out to do the lifestyle thing or did you kind of fall into it over time? And then if you could, I'd be interested to see how you structure your dicks. I'm so bad for whatever reason. I either want to do one thing. Mm-hmm. Or I want to do the other. And during farming season, this is problematic for me because all I want to do is farm. And this does not pay the bills at all. Right. I get that. So I'm just I'm trying to see a pick your brains when you're trying to design your life, because obviously you have art you want to do Mm -hmm. and your wholesale line and your art is paying for the art you want to do. Mm -hmm. And then I have consignment and commission work. Yeah. So you're. At some point, you get to sit down and do the shit you want to do, right? Right. Yeah. You do it every day. Do it once a week. How do you, how I do you do it set one it day up? The stuff's done. I okay. binge through. I, I I come from a theater background. First off, I have horrible anxiety. I have terrible anxiety. There are days where I cannot go out and meet people. It's just not going to happen. I'm glad not you made it today. I'm having a good time. Yeah, yeah, you have no idea. I might be. I might be stowed out of my brain right now. You don't even know. Yeah, I, well, I love that. I love it when you say that because I'm like. Did I take too much drugs or did I not take enough? Yeah. Some, depending on the day, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But no, um, that's, that's why the nine to five never worked for me. There's a, there, there'll be days where I wake up and I am either going to cry or I'm going to hit somebody. One or the other. But either way, I'm not going to be productive today. So I had to build into my world ways to ways to succeed, even when I'm having those days randomly. They're not often, but they still happen, yeah. you know. So – um. The first thing that has to happen is commission work. I'm accountable to a specific person who has already paid me. That gets done before anything else. Um, Whether I want to do it or not, sit down, be a big girl, put your panties on, make the fucking painting, do it. Love it. Get it done. Get it done. That just, that, that kicks everything out. Now, if I have a lot of commission work, that can be a problem because I'll work on the commissioned pieces and then everything else falls by the wayside. Um, but that doesn't happen all that often. So, um, and then after that comes orders, like wholesale orders. Those come next. And after that comes whatever the fuck else I want to do. I worked in theater for a really long time. I love a hard deadline. I love it. You know? So if I get an order, it's, you're more likely to get the thing you want from me if you need it right now. Like, I need you to drop everything and make 500 dragonfly earrings by tomorrow morning at 10. Done. I'm on it. I got this thing, and I'm running in the adrenaline. It's going to finish. I come and I crash, and then I sleep for three days, and then I get back up. And I'll do it the next day. That sounds pretty awesome, actually, right now. Sleep for three days. Yeah, and it's in the, like, sleep for three days phase that I can do whatever I want to do for a while until the next big deadline comes up. So it's more organic and you just let off steam when you have to. Yep. And then, okay, that's really yep. cool. But that's, I mean, if an order comes in, I'm going to fill the order. I don't always have an order on my desk. I'm not that big, you know. 
There's there's lots of times where I'm just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. What should I be doing if I was going to be really proactive with this? I should be spending that time going out and looking for new leads to get new orders. Yes. I don't always do that. No. Sometimes I I don't always do that either. And stare into space. Yeah. But I don't watch television. I don't play a whole lot of video games or anything silly like that. I may organize my studio again. I may redo the website. I may work on a personal piece. But, yeah. Do you feel comfortable talking about your, um, I guess we call it personal art, your passion art or something like that? We don't have to talk about it in detail, but obviously when you design a lifestyle and a business around these uh, this other art the other you want to do, right. I mean – well, you know, By I'm, definition, it becomes intriguing, right? Like, oh, what is this other art that's now worth getting this? Getting back to it, the the jewelry line, the one off line, had eaten it completely. Um, last year, I made two paintings all year. Oh yeah, that's soul crushing. Yeah, soul crushing. Yeah, and one of them sold. I mean, they were they were both solid paintings. They were really good, but I had so much time wrapped up in this other stuff. Um, so I'm just I'm still figuring out where I am right now. I am uh, designing and prototyping some life-sized animatron automatons, actually, um, like hand-cranked toys. Dude, that's cool. So the first one I'm making is an acrobat on a ball um, with a, a series of gears underneath. She'll be the whole thing will be about seven feet tall. Um, She's balancing on one leg on the ball. The other leg is raised. It's hinged at the knee. The ball turns. She has her hands attached to the top of the framework um, by rope. So like she's holding rope and her waist is hinged. So as the ball moves, one leg sways side to side. The raised leg kind of flops around and she she moves side to side from the hips too. It looks like she's barely standing up on the ball like she could fall at any moment. And she only moves if you turn a crank. So I I love the idea of forcing the audience to be interactive with the pieces. Um, In the past, I did a lot of very small work, collages and things that had a lot of, like, I call it Pat the Bunny books. You you want to touch the, I had a a line of pieces that had Merkins, like all of the characters in the paintings had little um, carved fuzzy bits on their naughty parts. (laughs) And uh, you hang those in a gallery setting and, and People always look around to make sure no one's looking. And then they touch it. And then they touch it. You set them up. You're like, you're going to touch this. You're going to touch it. No, you're going to touch it. Just do it. It's okay. It'll be so much cooler when it starts to get a little You're lurking around the corner. I saw that. I saw it. I saw it. Do it again. Do it again. But by doing the larger pieces, uh, people don't feel like they have to be as delicate with them. They can. Make it obvious too, right? They can make it obvious. And it's got a big crank. Obviously, it's supposed to be touched. So, uh, um. We'll see. We'll see what happens with these. Okay. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I have no idea where I'm going to show these. I mean, who's going to display four foot by seven foot sculptures for me? I don't know. Have you been to the DIA? I, they have some interesting space. They do have some interesting space. Yeah, uh, but I think that before these are compelling, and this is part of why it's really cool that I don't have to monetize these off the bat. These will be most compelling in a group. Ten. Oh, like a show, right? Yeah, like five of yeah. them, at least. At least three, but probably five to ten is when they're going to start being really cool and people are going to want to get into the room and they're going to want to touch them all and turn cranks and, and make them do things and it'll be an adventure. Um, one of them is interesting. 
Ten of them is an adventure. I like that. I like the idea of a show. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. I wonder but how you, you can do that. Do it. Well, you just the last time I did a show, I rented an abandoned building, just got the electricity it. turned on <laughs> for a week, painted the walls, put on a show, put out a press release, got some punch and some wine. It was, did it work out? Yeah. Was it profitable? Yeah. This was. Uh, I mean, it was a long time ago now. I haven't done a show like that since I think two thousand eight, two thousand seven. But I made like three grand. Oh over yeah. Expenses. That was before the crash, though. Yep. It's interesting to see the parallels. So really, kind of. If I bring it back to business or real estate for the people listening, um, your business, your your line is like your your singles and your base hit. It gets money in the door, and then it gives uh-huh. you time to work on what we call whale hunting. Yeah, big so deal. If I do, yeah. if I do a, a a full gallery of these pieces, and there are some two D work, or is some two D work that accompanies it. And it's a full immersive environment and you can buy the pieces individually out of that. That's going to be way more successful monetarily than I would ever do at a one a whole year of yeah. small art fairs selling tchotchkes. But if you spend all your time making tchotchkes, you can't do the big pieces. Yeah. That is why I have this line. That's why I did the catalog. That's why I'm trying to streamline it as much as I possibly can because I'm making cool stuff. But I don't want to spend all my time making cool stuff. Yeah. Right now, I'm only spending, I'd say, maybe eight hours a week on the wholesale line. It's about all I'm spending. That's pretty good. So yeah. you got it so down. Obviously, you down. have room to grow, but yeah. I, you I have it down spend, to a manageable amount of time. Yeah, and you I can could move spend on other 20 shit. hours and be perfectly happy. Yeah. 20 hours is probably all I want to spend. If I'm spending, come Christmas time, I'll be 40 hours a week on it, whether I want to or not. Yes. But- Seasonal. That's interesting too, right? It is uh-huh. seasonal. It is definitely seasonal, and it's a. Uh, so that's a good thing to remember in <laughs> July when you're like, "Why aren't I selling anything?" Well, because it's July. Yeah, nobody's doing shit in July. Right. But by the way, we're gonna right. fuck up your Christmas, and you're not gonna sleep for three weeks. Right. But <laughs> if you're an artist and you're not crazy busy in July, you are gonna be fucked come yep. December because you cannot make in November all of the stuff that you want to sell in December. That's not gonna happen. I'm sorry, little Susie. Yeah, do you have you know? like a holiday plan? Like when these things oh, yeah. are coming? Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I have to have all of my holiday merch. I have to have samples of all of my holiday merch by the first week of July. Renee, you got like a serious fucking business going on. Dude, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to be grown up here. You know? <laughs> I <laughs> love you, it. Like if I'm going to talk to people wholesale. That's okay. Let it oops, go. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. If I'm going to talk to people about wholesaling my stuff for the holiday, then I have to have that stuff ready. No, I you love know? that. I love that you're thinking about it too. So, well, I've done a couple years where I didn't think about it, and yeah. then failure is an expensive lesson. Yeah, it's really an expensive lesson. Yeah, or the, the worst is you go through the holiday season, and you're like, "This is great, everything is fantastic, I made so much money," and then you forget that you don't make any money in January, July. <laughs> there's going to be because you you still get checks into the beginning of January. Like I'm doing fantastic, and then Baller. February hits, and you're like. Nothing. Yeah. Oh, mailbox moth flies out. Exactly. <laughs> this is not what I wanted. Shit. Yeah. Back to work again. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. I, I haven't done it recently, but I did catch myself uh, twice last year where I had better than average paydays. Uh-huh. So, what is it about being human? All of a sudden, you don't work quite as hard. It wasn't for very long. It was like for half a week, a week. Yeah, and you're I'm, like, yeah. So I could relax a little and you just take the foot off the gas a little right. bit. And then and the next one is a little less and you're like, yeah. Oh, oh shit. That's right. Yeah. I slowed down. 
Welcome, welcome to business life, right? Uh huh. No, I do that every time. I like the first week. Like, I, usually my consignment checks will arrive around mid month, so you start getting consignment checks, and instead of working, I'm at the thrift store. <laughs> you know, getting on eBay, clicking through, clicking looking through at found eBay, objects. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that I'll is get the, to that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. I'll be fine. I'm just gonna order these. Two dozen plastic frog clickers. Those will make cute necklaces for the holiday. Sometimes I think it's amazing we ended up, we're, we're even here and we have things that work at all, really, if I, we're just going to be honest about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, how do we get here? I don't know. This is why we can't have nice things. I got here because this is where I had to land. Yeah. What else was I going to do? Well, you're a very creative person. Do you, do you have to do anything specific to be creative or are you just creative uh i am just creative okay i have to do specific things to be not creative ah. it's inappropriate to be creative so okay so you have the opposite problem yeah you're always creative and then when you maybe it's not appropriate yeah all right interesting yeah i don't have to artfully fold the sheets maybe i should just fold the sheets yes nobody cares that i made a paper <laughs> crane out of the bed sheets no one cares rena you're lucky if I fold. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, I, I love the Dadaists, you know, that everything is art, but in reality, it, it's not. Um, or at least it's not important art, you know. So how do you turn off your creativity then? And when do you, when do you have to turn off your creativity? Oh, let's say tax season. Oh, fuck yeah. I hate taxes. Jesus. Yeah. Actually, in a way, it's kind of, I actually enjoy taxes in an odd way, especially uh, doing my, my yearly inventory because I cannot – there is no creative way to do this. There's no – there's nothing <laughs> there's I can no do There's no fun here. way to do it either, I don't think. But No, but it's, 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 a, it's one of the few times of the year that I can justify turning everything off and just doing something oh, okay. mindless without feeling like I'm being nonproductive, you know? Taxes are non-productive. I love that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> they are totally non-productive, but, but they're also kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like Every year I sit down and I look at every little drop of money that came in and every place that I spent money and I put them in my Excel sheets and I look at, you know, what did I spend on supplies? How much did I spend on beads? How much did I spend at this store? How much did I spend at that store? How much of the things that I used those products on did I actually sell? And, and, it's kind of cool, that especially cool. when I can see improvement where I'm like, aha, last year I was an idiot and I spent this much on that. And this year I made twice as much money and I spent half as much. Ah, I am a genius. All right. So you, so you track numbers too. That's oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, you've yeah. got to track yeah. all your numbers. Yeah. That is like, I was, I think well, I said that earlier today. A lot of artists don't. No. I went through a lot of life so, not tracking shit and it does not give you very good results. So no, no, yeah. it does not. You feel like you're doing great. You know, you feel like you've had a really fantastic show and you come back and then you realize, oh, wait, I lost money. I lost money. If I take into account, you know, the gas it cost me to get there, the wear and tear on my car, the amount of time it took me to pack and ship all of this stuff, the time it took me to acquire all the materials and assemble the products. Okay, I made $2 an hour this month. I think you can throw yourself in jail for... uh you're not even paying yourself minimum wage, Rena. Oh, I've, I've done that a couple times and I don't do it anymore. You see that a lot. Um, I belong to some groups f- uh, for Artist Alley, like people who do the Comic-Cons and things like that. Yeah. Man, do they – Oh, 
they underprice their stuff across the board. And I see all of these, and they're talented artists. They're doing really cool work. And they're saying, I want to do this full time. And I'm like, you can't. You need to make money too. Yeah, you can't do that full time. If you're going to sell a hand sewn plushie for five bucks, you are. You're trying to outbid China. Yeah, that's a Are bad you policy. Crazy. Yeah. Like, either buy better material or come up with a more complicated pattern that can't be done by a Chinese child with one eye, yeah. or like, or just something. But you've got to find you a way to change the thing. And he's like thing. making furniture. Yeah. Don't yeah. compete. Don't compete with that person. Do not compete with China. Never. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was one when I'm setting up my wholesale line. It was one of the things I was really worried about because there are a lot of people who make this kind of thing. There are not many people who have the tailored image line that I do. It's sophisticated. It's very mature. It's very targeted at at a very intelligent and small group of people. It's not for everybody, but I know who my audience is, and they love it. And I tailor them. I tailor it to them. I don't want to try and compete with China. I cannot price things low enough to make money on iHeart Detroit necklaces. I can't do it. Yeah, most people do. And that is an interesting thing. They, they undervalue what they're doing. And then the reason why most businesses lose is they don't get enough money in. They cover the money going out. Right. And then you're back to flipping burgers at McDonald's or sitting in the cubicle to rotting. balance that. You can raise your prices or you can lower your expenses. And ideally, you do a little bit of both, but you have to find reasons to do it. You can't just raise your prices because you're raising your prices. You have to add value. So look at your product, think about what makes it good, and make it better. That's why people buy your stuff. If you know, and then and then you can charge more. The average price for if I'm on Etsy, the average price for a resin cast pendant is about twelve dollars. Mine are seventeen. Mine are double sided. It's original artwork that you can't get anyplace else, and they're fucking cool. Really cool. That's your unique selling proposition, right? Yeah. Yep. You can't find this anyplace else. Nobody else is selling that image. We're not made that well. They're well packaged. And yes, I would be happy to customize it for you. What would you like? And you did the market research, so you know what they're selling for. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a smarter way to do it, right? Rather than, I love this shit. I made a ton of it, and now I have dragonflies forever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah thank you for reminding <laughs> me of the lessons I have learned. Yeah. That's okay. Until you've lost several million dollars, I think you're going to be okay. That's... I, I, I really don't think I have lost several million dollars. Yeah. Well, I don't recommend it. It is not, uh, it is not fun at all. So. I would think it would suck. It did. It Ouch. did. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was not fun. I don't recommend it. Skip that part. I'm, I am going to skip that part. I'm totally skipping that part. Fail small and, and never bet the farm. I've, I've never had a farm to bet. Yeah. Never bet the farm. And whatever you do, don't bet the farm twice. You've bet the farm twice? I was a slow learner. I was okay. a... <laughs> Okay. okay. That is a good response, though. I like the way you did it twice with a little explanation point. Well, yeah, yeah, actually, I did. Dude. I like you put a fine point at twice. Well, yes, I did. I did. I won't do it again, You're though. Not trust do it me. Again, right? No, okay. no. Okay. Twice was enough. Once yeah. was really enough, but I'm hard headed. What did I just so. say about not about testing the waters small? Oh man, yeah, I did not small. do that. Yeah. I did like three or four. It went great. Well, three or four, like. I did one, and then it started to look good. So then three or four more, and then I did two hundred. Oh like shit! That's, yeah, no, no, just no, went no. all all in. 
Fuck it. All no, in. No, never go all in. Never no, go all in. Don't go all in. It's like yeah. those guys on the World Series poker. When, like, no. And they're crying after they walk away from the table. Yeah, that's that's about how it felt, too. Yeah, I bet it did. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I, I, I did end up living in my car for a while. Ah, oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, yeah. Um, how did you end up living in your car for a while? I was stupid in 22. All right. That's, that's pretty it's, good. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. But uh, are you smart at 22? I've known a couple people who are smart at 22 and they terrify me. <laughs> like, you're way too smart. You go do a screw yeah. up your life first and yeah, come you back. Gotta, you got to fuck up some shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, what happens? You don't fuck up when you're 22. When are you going to fuck up? Are you going to wait till you're 50 and oh, then yeah. you're going to bet the farm twice? That's not. Dude, time is not on your side. No. If you're going to fuck up earlier. Fuck it up earlier yeah. when you can sleep in the car and not wake up in pain. You before, know? Especially before you're married. I do not. Oh, re- oh man. Oh, man. Yeah. Don't kill that much money when you're married. It is, I don't care who you are. It's not even a man woman thing. That's just not good for it's a relationship. Yeah. It was rough yeah. on the dogs. It wasn't even us. Yeah. <laughs> dogs are like, but we used to get treats. Yeah. No. <laughs> you're, you're eating that kibble now. So it's like, is this. Is this old Yeller brand? <laughs> so how did you, besides being stupid in 22? Uh, I, you know, it's, it's, it's really, I was stupid in 22. Okay. I was, there I just decided out of nowhere that I was going to uh, pack up everything and move to New Orleans. It was going to be fantastic. I would just, I would have enough money to get there and, and put down a, like one month rent on an apartment and uh, I'd get a job. I'm sure I can get a job. I have skills. I'll find work. Who wouldn't want to hire me? <gasps> Well, you know, it turns out that if you don't have bathing facilities, nobody wants to hire you. Nobody wants to hire you or um, things that you should check. Uh, at that point, there were two different kinds of cellular service in the country. And I got a prepaid cell phone so that I could take all those job offers when they came rolling in, except for, <laughs> uh, except for New Orleans had a different sort of cellular tower. Damn, so the phone that's didn't ruthless. Work there. Didn't yeah, see that coming. Totally didn't see that coming. Shit. Should have. Yeah. I mean, really? Who the fuck moves across the country without looking to see things like, where am I actually going to live? And <laughs> Do I have a phone? Yeah, no, it was it was rough. I um lived in the car for a while. Uh, I uh, was there with I, I brought a, a traveling companion who was um very fun for the first couple of days and not as fun when his uh, uh bipolar medication wore off. Oh no, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> that's cat, not good at all. Yeah, I yeah. lived with one of those. No, no never no. again. Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah, it was it was really it was a very I learned a lot. I learned a whole lot. And uh, I actually, I learned not to be afraid. After that trip, you know, I, I've i done about the worst that I'm, you know, I could do that again. I could survive living in my car. I wouldn't have a, a, a mentally unstable person and a cat. That would be a choice that I would not make. This <laughs> and, a cat. and a cat. You're like, eh, this yeah. could be more interesting. We're like, we're going to be fine. We've got a <laughs> loaf of bread. Did you eat the bread, Herman? Yeah, leave the bread alone. Herman ate the bread. It was terrible. Where'd the cat um, do its business? Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Well, Gene and I travel across uh, America in a U-Haul here with four cats. So that was fun. That was three and a half long days. I would imagine so. Did they cry the whole time? No, they actually did pretty well. But they wouldn't go to the bathroom while it was moving. Oh. So we had to do like this whole get out, stop, put the litter box in. And then they wouldn't do it right away. They had to get comfortable. So like. 
Okay, so you're like you have well, to stop for twenty or thirty minutes to let's get to go get to the diner and yeah. grab some grub while the cats do their thing. And when we're doing that, some fucker stole uh, one of our crates right off the. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was fun. So. Oh, that sucks. I got some good pictures. I should go back and, and share. And we have cats sleeping like literally on the dash as we're rolling so down were the you, road. Were you moving? Yeah, we okay. when we moved out here. Yeah. Okay. Where do, where are you from? Well, the world everywhere. So. I was they born. can't see the face I just made. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. I was born in Coos Bay, Oregon. Okay. But my father joined the military when I was five years old. All right, that's right. You that. So from there, I went to Pensacola, Florida. And okay. from there, I went to Guam, which is a tiny little island out at the end of the Marshall Islands chain in the Pacific. Uh-huh. And from there, I went to Boise, Idaho. That's a switch. From there, London, England. London, England to Gaeta, Italy. Gaeta, Italy, back to London, England. London, England, back to Gaeta, Italy, then to Rome, Italy. Then back to Tacoma, Washington. Then I joined the Navy, moved from Tacoma, Washington, the Great Lakes, Illinois, to Charleston, South Carolina, to San Diego, oh, California, wow. to Pullman, Washington, to Detroit, Michigan. Good Motherfucker, Lord. what? And now you're dealing in land. Yes. In, in both regards, you are buying and selling property, and you are actually farming, both of which are very rooted things to be doing. Yes. One makes money, one doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's, yeah. It's, I think it's really interesting that you have such an interest in farming. I always did. I, I, I've always wanted to farm. I can't, I can't not remember not wanting to farm. The only thing that held me back for so long, which is kind of silly, I thought like I had to go – get rich air quotes get rich first because i know i know the farming gig was hard yeah and you don't really make money so i was like okay i gotta go make my money and then i can retire and farm or you could just you know start right that's that's a the good thing about losing everything the second time i was like well i have some time there you go why why was why do i have to wait and actually i think gina was like well we could just you know we want to put in some she made the mistake of let's put in a few boxes and oh no that's not enough for jeremy <laughs> it's got to be more every year. It's got to be better every year. It's got to be all the fucking things every year. And yep. then it is a silly idea. But I was like, I can just go do it now. Yeah. Why did I? I just had it in my head. I was going to do it later. So it's funny, isn't it? I get stuck sometimes. Yeah. It's just like, ugh. like that robot that keeps bumping into the door and it won't yeah. back up for like 15 minutes. And then finally it escapes. That was, that's what I that's did. You did. That's- so, so that's a long way of saying I, I consider myself from the world, but we okay. moved here from Pullman, Washington. Okay. Packed all our worldly things in a, I think it was a 38 foot U-Haul with four cats. Drove all the way across America. Sounds yeah. delightful. Three and a half days. Yep. 16, 17 hour days. Yep. Sneak the cats in the hotels. And to your point, I didn't pick a single hotel along the way. Gina wanted to plan it out. I'm like, fuck it. We'll just stop when we're near. Uh-huh. That drove her crazy. Yeah, that would drive me nuts. Yeah, so yeah. I just we just drive. I'm like, you're starting to get tired. Yeah, all right. Well, Google and start looking up. <laughs> yeah, that would drive me absolutely batshit. She did not like that. No, no in no, hindsight, I wouldn't do that to her you, again. You gotta know how much the thing costs in advance. Yeah, how do you budget your travel expenses if no, you no. haven't looked it up in advance? This is pre 2014, Jeremy. Jeremy didn't budget. Okay, okay. <laughs> there was no budgeting. There was no. Remember that I wrote five things on a list and just did it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so one of the things you didn't bother to write down was where are we staying? Well, and I think five is probably liberal. It's probably more like two or three for being. See, now I, I say <laughs> that I would have tracked all of that stuff, but honestly, my plan would be I'll just sleep in the van. I don't want to spend that money. That's money. I'll just, you know, we could, we'll spend that money when we get there. We'll eat nice dinners along the way. We, we just put a pillow. We'll be fine. 
There was no space in the U-Haul. You don't have to, if, you, if you can sit in the U-Haul, you can sleep in the U-Haul. That's true. That's old school, though. I don't think I could do that anymore. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I would tell myself I could do it and then really hate myself afterwards. But I'm, I'm always trying to get Dave to do things like that. I'm like, we're going to go. We'll just sleep in the car. It'll be fine. And he's like, I booked a $300 night hotel room. Yes. You know? <laughs> the bed is so soft. Yes. <laughs> Has pillows and a shower. They have a lovely shower. Yeah, like, you don't have to pee behind the garbage can. You could. <laughs> all you know, the fun if that's is what gone. you want to spend your money on, yeah. luxuries and comfort, whatever. <laughs> so what does the future for Rena hold, do you think? If you were to project into it. If I were going to project into it. Yeah. Or if you had to, um, I don't know how you, how, do you have artist goals? I have farming goals and business goals. Do you have artist goals? Nope. No artist goals? Nope. As a matter of fact, I would like to get to a point where I don't have to have goals, where I am just doing things as they come. Okay. You know, I'd like to have the, I guess I do have a, a goal for the wholesale line. I would like it to get to a point where it is generating enough income on less than 30 hours a week that I can do whatever the fuck I want with the rest of the time. Yeah. And I, as you may have noticed, I live low to the ground. Absolutely. You got to, right? I, 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 I barter for things. I don't spend a lot of money. I try and keep my expenses as minimal as I can and still have, you know, nice treats for the dogs and and uh, lots of fresh fruit. I think those are what I spend money on cheese. I spend money on cheese. That's but money well spent, Rena. I think so. <laughs> but I'd like to have the wholesale line strong enough and robust enough that it can do that in the 30 hours, whichever 30 hours I choose. Whichever 30, not a specific 30, but a set of 30 hours in any given week, and then I can spend the rest of the time making cool shit. That's all I want to do. I don't care what kind of cool shit it is. I don't, I don't have visions of having a gallery opening. Or I, if that happens, it happens. If I just spend the rest of my time doodling on pants, I don't care. I just want to spend a lot of time making things and hanging out with dogs. Yeah, that does sound fun. And you, are you going to stay in Detroit or no plans? So. Okay. I think so. Yeah. We, um, I like it here. Yeah. I like our house. I do like how cheap it is here. Gives you, know, you a lot I'm of flexibility to make Cincinnati, mistakes. And this is crazy expensive. Oh, you is Cincinnati cheaper? It is. Dude, we Infinitely lived on less cheaper. than 800 bucks a month for like three years. Yeah. Two of us. Yeah. You do cheaper in Cincinnati? Damn. Cincinnati is way There you cheaper. go folks if you need to if you got a really hardcore business idea apparently move to Cincinnati you can live dirt cheap there. You can live dirt cheap and there's some really cool housing stock. It's a it's a cool town. It's amazing to think it was cheaper than Detroit. I had no idea. Dude. I thought this was the cheap capital of the world. It's one of the reasons Mixed why I moved here. Here average eight dollars a drink. Mixed <laughs> You've drink in Cincinnati is five bucks. That is a three dollar difference. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's the measure. The mixed drink measure. Yeah. Cincinnati folks, <laughs> is there anything that you want to talk about that we haven't talked about? No, I'm good. Anything you want to get out there? Um, adopt old dogs. That's I it. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Just take a, if, if anybody out there is looking for a pet, consider a senior pet. Hmm. And if not, adopt. Yeah. Don't. If you can avoid least, it. Adopt. If you don't have a really good reason to, and even if you do, if you're looking for a working dog, a lot of times there are working dogs. Yeah. Adopt. I mean, the only reason I can think of that you would not just go to a shelter or a rescue and adopt an animal is if you are allergic to everything except for one of those super fancified ones, and they don't have one. Hmm. 
But still, check and see if there's one out there. They might have one. There's some amazing things. Yeah. All right. Well, I really appreciate you that you came on. I had a really good time, by the way. (laughs) This thing was all over, and I I, I loved it. I loved it. (laughs) I hey, I will, I will take it. Hey, I want to thank my guest Rena for her time today, and I want to encourage you to check out what she is working on. Go to divineiguana.com that's our website divineiguana.com if you're into the instagram she has two one's divine iguana and the other's bits and oddments so when you're when we're talking about her wholesale line um, definitely go like both but the bits and oddments is her wholesale line and of course you can find her on facebook at facebook.com forward slash the divine iguana go give it a like and if you do that, go let her know that you heard it from this podcast. She took time out of her day, and I really appreciate it. Go buy some shit. Gina loves her stuff. All her jewelry lines, Gina Gina is Gina's very picky and has good taste, too. So there, my beautiful wife does have good taste. I'm, I could be honest about that. Go check it out, and uh, yeah, see what you think. Let me know, all right? And if you enjoy and find this podcast helpful, give it a like. Share it with your friends. If you haven't already, rate it on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, whatever, whatever your, you know, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to, it really does help, especially the iTunes. I don't know why, but this is the measure for for moving up in iTunes. And if you like this podcast, we need more listeners, folks, so help me out. All right, go to renegadedetroit.com. If you're interested in attending any of the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash Renegade Detroit Investors or facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. You can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Jeremy Burgess. And yes, finally, soon, and we will get caught up in about six months. You can watch these things on YouTube too. Go to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit Wholesalers. And as I wrap up this podcast, I do want to take a moment to encourage you to take the steps you need to become financially independent. I know I say it every week. I'm going to keep saying it every fucking week, right? Fuck yeah. Stop it. Government's not going to take care of you. Your corporation's not going to take care of you. I'm not saying quit your job. I'm saying get yourself a little financial stability, right? Look out for yourself. Do what you got to do. I know distractions, mistakes. It's difficult. Lots of error, right? Bad habits. Pick some goals. Stick with it. Don't give up. Do something every day, or as we say in Detroit, every day that gets you close to your goals, even if it's one step. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate your attention. And uh, until the next podcast, crush it.